Just imagine Georgia just running like straight power and just going, just gashing the whole time. You know, you know, because like maybe uh, throwing in a few unnecessary punts there too, just to like, oh yeah, hey Kirk, you like this? You like the way yeah. we're winning here, buddy, <laughs> buddy boy? We let Sess and Bennett punt it. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. Uh, you can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. You can send emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, excuse me. You can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Pod Center, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. I got an email the other day uh, from some weird, like, you know, pod catcher service, and they were. They were hyping up the Wheel Route podcast, so shout out to whatever service that was. Oh, good. Very clearly a uh, an automated email, but you know, glad to see that we're still making waves occasionally. Um, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn, and uh, I'm coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where you know night night is falling earlier these days. It's a real bummer. Um, I think I think we're about tapped out on the uh, the Wednesday night scramble. I don't know if we're going to be able to get ten holes in anymore before before night falls at uh, about seven around here so anyhow uh r.i.p to summer 2021 who else is here my name is jordan shank i am back in the friendly city of harrisonburg virginia we're stoked uh, for you yeah where it's it's still trending towards autumn um as you know as logan said the days are getting shorter uh Bedtime feels like it should be coming a little earlier, which you know might be good for for the overall health and wellness. Right. Um, but we got NBA starting next week. You know, we got yeah. we got we got late night college football. It's it's not that's also not good for the. Uh, yeah. So there's the a real give and take sometimes. But once once we get that fall back weekend, what what weekend is daylight? Savings? I think that's like November seventh or something like that. Dang. Feels like maybe it should come sooner. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be the weekend next weekend when you were down here for whatever reason. I had it like myself completely talked into it, and then we checked, and it was like I was off by two weeks. But yeah, it's it's certainly coming soon. It is uh, November seventh. Yeah. You're correct. So uh, yeah, but I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan, and uh, looks like the men's national team might get it done tonight. They might. Oh. Shout out to the men's national team after uh, disappointing to panama the other day right yeah yeah i didn't even know they played panama and i like was looking for game time information about costa rica and saw these articles about a lot a disappointing loss to panama yeah i mean i i think i saw that they lost but i was like oh i guess they played huh but i know that there were some takes out there about the the roster for this set of games so you know it is what it is well in these qualifier uh kind of like stretches are always weird because they fit three games into like eight days yeah and then they don't play it's even again for another month it's an even more compressed now right because of the covid lost covid year they would have started games last year but they didn't or something like yeah, that yeah i'm sure it's that true it's even wonkier but yeah anyhow 
All right, uh, our our homie Jason is not with us tonight. He is uh, doing some undisclosed traveling with undisclosed people at an undisclosed and, uh, location. At an undisclosed location, the rhymes with Schmally, and uh, we'll uh, we, we wish him the best, but he'll be back. He has provided us um, picks with which we can benchmark our own picks off of. Which is... but he's already flip flopped on at least one, so we may just grade, <laughs> grade that as a loss automatically. Great, great news. Yeah, texted in the switch 15 minutes after sending in his picks. Not unlike I tried to do last week with with the Georgia Auburn game, but you know sometimes you just gotta you gotta sit on it. You gotta ride one out. Just take right. It, so. You just gotta eat it sometimes. What are you drinking tonight, Jordan? Uh, well, being that I'm back in Harrisonburg, uh, I came back to you know just pretty much full case of of cranberry lime polars in the fridge waiting for my return. So we're back on that train. Lovely. Keep, I have keeping a, hydrated. Got a cranberry lime polar myself. Oh, Shout out. Polar boys. <laughs> polar boys. We have to splash of cranberry juice, though. And mm-hmm. actually a splash of lime juice. I just enhanced the flavors in both directions. So Key lime juice or just normal lime juice? Uh, just normal. Actually, I made a mistake, and I didn't even pick up the like real lime lime juice. I just picked up the concentrate, so it's just uh, like like the pow. The like limeade <laughs> stuff you make limeade with lime juice. So you had to be careful. There's not even like a dripper lid on it. It's just like a like a bottle. And like oh. I went to like throw a few dashes in, you know, and it just is like clucked out <laughs> when I first did it. It's like, oh okay. That wasn't what I thought it was. So But yeah. now you know you won't make that mistake. Yeah, once. I, I shan't. Um and my enamel my enamel will be stronger for it, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh all right, back in Rocktown. Successful, successful trip. Yep, glad caught, to hear it. Caught fish in uh, in Michigan and Ohio, so that's two more states off the list. Uh, what is the state count up to? State count is now up to twenty, so we are we are clean forty percent of the way through the project. You need some um, more pins on the board, brother. Yeah, I gotta buy a new black sharpie and uh, oh, okay. and color up my thumbtacks accordingly, but. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I yeah. mean, black thumbtacks were probably running about less money than the Sharpie. Yeah, but these I saw, they were like, they were just the right size and what I was looking oh, okay. for. And Fair But they're, they're lime green, so they don't really show up well on the lighter map that's behind nice. me that, that our viewers can also see. Yeah, so. this is a visual. This is an audio visual medium. So, right. Uh, that's good. But, well, cool. That's awesome that you did that. And uh, so you're going to hunker down here for another four or five days before you hop on a bird again. Yeah, I think I'll I'll be back in the Northern Virginia area uh, a week from tonight, and then fly down to Florida on Thursday, and uh, you know, just hustle some money from some fools on on the links down in Florida. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Namely, one swing coach Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out swing coach Mike. Uh, we'll I see. Hear, He's... Well, I hear we're playing a hard course with him, so I think that means I still get a stroke a hole. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, he told me he's like he, he's like. Well, listen, if you if you break ninety five, I'll be impressed. And I was like, okay, well, appreciate that. He has played with me recently, so he you know he has probably a pretty good pretty good mapping of my game right now. Although I'm playing a little bit better, you know. Yeah, well, your your scores are are starting to to drop, and they're they're uh, there's not as much swings either in terms of just like yeah. volatile deviations. Oh um, yeah. I like I haven't touched my clubs in a couple of weeks and it feels like it's been forever because I was so used to playing like at least nine holes a week and now right. so I might might have to cram in a few range sessions this weekend get, be get good. the feel back. 
That'll be a good move. I have been notified by the uh, boss of the house that we will be putting some floor in this weekend. So I have a feeling that I might have to cram in a rain session too, because I don't know if I'm going to have five hours to just go blow in the sun on, on the weekend. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see. Far be it for me to not, you know, slide out there. Wake up at 430 and just get to pounding on the floor. All right. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Yeah, tea time, time at 230. <laughs> we got to have this wrapped up. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, that transitions nicely. So we, you know, um, Emily's folks live here now and uh, they have, you know, they're doing some upgrades on their place, but, you know, they, everything is on a bit of a delay now. So I think they've ordered some stuff and now they just like kind of have to sit tight while. Oh, they're experiencing the supply well, chain. Yeah. Well, their yeah. kitchen and, uh, other stuff that they're working on comes together. So I think um, they've turned our sites back to our house, which, hey, shout out to them. They're, that's the motivation I need. God knows I wouldn't have got it done until post-football season. Uh, so, um, yeah, we'll do it. The, the floor that we have is not difficult. It is, you know, interlocking, laminate situation. Uh, you don't have to glue it down or nail it down. It basically holds itself down, and then you just, you know, run baseboard around the uh, – around the trim areas, but it is, it's not easy. Like it's not, it's not a fast floor to put together. It's easy, but it's not fast. Like you have all the pieces have to be like painstakingly snapped together in three directions. You always feel like you're going to break everything. And, and it's, it's a nice floor um, in that it can be in the kitchen. It can be in the bathroom. It's not going to like leak water or anything, but in order to, I guess, achieve that hermetic seal, every single piece is just a real, P-I-T-A to freaking <laughs> snap together. So anyhow, we've got a couple hundred square feet down, probably only like 1,200 more to go. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this is going in the whole house. Eventually. It is. The idea is it's going in the whole house eventually, yeah. So we have our bedroom and our the master bathroom done right now. I think the next, you know, it's, we're definitely going to have to put it in the rest of the house. We might leave out the two guest bedrooms um, depending on, you know, I hope I ordered enough, you know, I mean, that's the kind of the other thing too. I mean, I, they tell you sure. to order like 10% more than you have square feet just because of overcut and undercut and, yeah. and like that. So, I mean, I, I follow the directions, but there's also, you know, uh, a chance that I do think there was a couple boxes they shipped me that were damaged on one end. And the guy was like, Oh, I asked for like a refund. He was like, we'll give you a refund, but don't worry about sending them back. Just, you can use it to you can just cut the one end off and use them as end pieces. And I was like, Oh, okay, I guess I could do that. So I don't, but again, that, that limits some of your, some of your usage uh, directionality wise, but God knows I got enough boxes in the, in the um, garage right now. So if we can get that stack out of there, make space for the boat. That's the key. Yeah. So baby steps. <laughs> keep, keep it moving. So yeah, we might have a uh, nice shiny uh, white Oak floors for you to check Ooh. out when you get here next week. So lovely. Yeah. Have you been here since we redid our bedroom? Yes, we were there in uh, not your bedroom. I think the bathroom was oh, okay. Just the bathroom when All we right, were yeah. there in May. That's right. Yeah. So the bedroom looks good too now, and we're just gonna keep the good times flowing. So anyhow, this has been home improvement hour with the White yeah. Houses. <laughs> uh, All right, let's take a spin on the coaching carousel. Uh, I have my eyes squarely set on one Mr. Manny Diaz this weekend and one Mr. Ed Ogeron. Um, things are not going well. Uh, I think we could probably take Nebraska off the list, at least for now. We'll see. I think they've I, read it. I, they could stay in the, in maybe in the nomination category. Put them on a back burner. 
things could go wrong, but they are they're getting better. They just aren't having the results. They're kind of doing the the uh, uh, Arkansas thing. It's like they're getting better, but they're still like probably not going to be good enough to beat like the really good teams in in the, the top conference. half. And yeah, they'll need to play them. Uh, play play the other crappy teams and collect some Ws. They do lose in absolutely heartbreaking fashion all the time, though, which is you know not not enjoyable a little bit just to kind of see it happen. But yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about Miami? Uh, they play North Carolina this weekend, and I think that like a poor showing against a North Carolina team that just got smoked by Florida State last week could be. Uh, I think it could be curtains for Manny. But well, I yeah, that's like. That UNC team is probably the worst matchup for a coach who is like potentially in the crosshairs because you could get the UNC team that was supposed to win 10 or 11 games show up and just blow your doors off. and Like they did last year. Yeah, they are really capable of doing that still. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, they can also get beat by subpar teams like Florida State, like a Georgia Tech um which they already have so you could lose and it not really be your fault but it's going to look bad if you lose yeah and i mean if this you game win, it's not going to really even earn you a whole lot of cachet at this point because i feel right. like you great you beat a team that lost to georgia tech and florida state already so you were supposed to win that that's a great observation i think that's really well that, that that's well said um this you, you need to win obviously if yeah. you're if you're Miami and specifically Manny Diaz, but Manny has struggled mightily with North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I think Manny used to work for Mac Brown. I don't know. Manny if and still... Mac have some tension. I think Yeah, there still. was some tension. Uh, and um, it's one of those like weird things where like, I think Florida state beat North Carolina last year too. I mean, Florida state weirdly has had North Carolina's number and um, similarly, North Carolina has definitely had Miami's number. I think they, they ran for like, almost 500 yards last year in that game and at the hard it was just an absolute pulverization not the same north carolina team but um miami also uh derek king has i guess is is going to be having season ending shoulder surgery and i did see a news article that he was had not decided yet if he was going to apply for a seventh year of eligibility which is wild if 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 he really does that i it might be time for derek to 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 move it on but i mean if um, he if he can still get some nil money next year like there's you know there's some miami businesses down there that'll still oh yeah i mean i think he was on the front front end of that to begin with this year but um it's like what are his pro prospects at this point no i don't not great not since he's had blown ACL. I mean, he is not the athlete that he was when he was at Houston. He mm-hmm. was playing wide receiver. I think he had better pro prospects as a gadget player um, then than he made as like, uh, you know, he's been trying to, you know, be a quarterback for sure. Uh, he just doesn't have the elusiveness and the probably just the straight line speed anymore. So, yeah, you do hate to see it because he was, I mean, uniquely talented for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, just he's been around for forever too. That's a lot of he's played a lot of football. So that's a lot of college, too. You imagine, yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure he's uh, made the most of it. So shut up. Um, and then LSU, similar to Miami. I mean, so LSU is going to be limp, really limping into this Florida game this weekend. It is home game, but Stingley and Ricks aren't playing. Um, 
Ute is out for the season. I believe their quarterback is uh, – he's going to play. Johnson is playing. They haven't been able to run the ball this year. They are extremely beat up and um, apathetic. You Morale some... doesn't seem to be yeah. high. <laughs> They'll have extremely high morale. Um, reports that the sideline is not exactly – like it appears like an NFL sideline. It's a lot of all business, not a whole lot of hype. And when Coach O is your coach, and that's kind of his calling card, um, maybe having a bit of a, a a problem. Now, there's always a listen. There's always the opportunity for Florida to come in thinking that they're going to win this game and gack it up. But uh, a resounding Florida victory at home could could spell the beginning of the end, I think, uh, for Coach O. But I don't know. Losing losing to Florida probably doesn't have the. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not an embarrassing loss. And now, how it happens could be. And I think all of the considerations are what they are with with people being hurt. But people being hurt and maybe not wanting to play and maybe protecting draft status and stuff is. Uh, is... You're already thinking about the portal. Exactly. So. Uh... So let's let's like roll the ball ahead down the road a little bit. Let's say LSU comes open. Does that automatically clear-cut best job available, best job likely to be available, or do we think there are others potentially that would figure into to that spot? I think LSU is a better job than USC, but I don't know. I think you can make an argument that USC is a better job than LSU, just given Pac-12 South, ability to win it, cash overall cachet of the job, probably ability to have high level success immediately. Um, but you could, I think, make the same arguments for LSU. I mean, they had the highest level of success 18 months ago. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, that doesn't, it just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, now, I mean, there's always the SEC Westness of it. That's going to be a brutal schedule every year. You got to play Florida every year too. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think, that's not going to surprise whoever takes that job. Yeah. Um, and the way that LSU is able to recruit skilled talent is like as good as anybody in the country. Typically, I mean, DBs and receivers, they're always so stacked there and it's mostly local talent. So, so yeah, I mean, that's probably not a great answer to your question, but I would, I would rank LSU the better job just per- simply for sec reasons, probably a little bit of bias there towards sec um i think they maybe could maybe would pay more than usc at this point but um yeah i can't like i can't imagine they were paying Edo a ton of money there when they at least when they first signed him no i and i think that was part of the reason they were able to hire you know keep a random oh, well, around sign him to a massive deal after the national title so yeah i mean i figured that happened but i do recall that that was sort of part of their plan right was they had him he wanted to be there he was their coach and then aranda was able to stay on or come over because of the amount of money he made because aranda came from where wisconsin uh it sounds right i think i think that's where he came from and and uh that they had you know two probably highly paid offensive coordinators at least for that one good joe burrow year so joe brady and um, Steve Ensminger. So they had a pretty well compensated coaching staff. I don't think Coach O took all of it, but I'm sure he's taken a good chunk now, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, 
scheduled to make just under nine million a year at this point. Yeah, so that's a lot of money. I'm sure the buyout is ridiculous, uh, um, but LSU seems like the kind of reckless operation that will uh, be willing to move on from that pretty quickly. Um, whereas, like, I could see a weird situation which Manny Diaz doesn't get fired just purely because, like, the uh, upper management or whatever you want to call them, the board at the school is being just kind of obstinate to making a big change. Because uh, you know. they don't like the optics of it all. Right. Sure. And probably they also don't like the got to pay out a coaching staff. They're probably just finished paying Temple for hiring, you know, their coach that they had had for three weeks over there and and everything else. So what do, what do you think about? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm like, I would historically put LSU above USC kind of as a no-brainer but i do wonder now with like now with georgia establishing themselves back as an sec power that you have to like compete with uh for recruits for all that stuff like yeah. arkansas is no longer a doormat and they're like I, I get that the sec is only going to have so many good teams at a time but like when when the household names are doing well, then it feels like it's maybe more difficult to to easily just get the kids you've always gotten kind of reliably when a Georgia and Arkansas were having down years. But, um, but yeah, I also wonder, like, U, uh, USC with their proximity to, like, L.A. and all the marketing a agencies, like, how does that... Yeah. NIL stuff factor into the because I think if you can get a if you can get a coach there who can really maximize that then that is almost as big of a a selling point in the interview as like I'm just a strict X's and O guys if you can yeah. get a marketer out there as a head coach at USC and get great coordinators kind of do yeah. Do the Ed Ogeron thing first year, then or second first second year, then um, maybe that is a more appealing opportunity. So maybe it depends on what what kind of coach you are, what what's your style yeah. of management is. That's probably true. I think USC is going to need to win a little bit before that can really take off. But I do think that that will only add to the allure out there. Like I, I agree with you you in spirit there, but I think you can make the same probably arguments for say university of miami and sure. without having uh on field success uh generating you know buzz and excitement in a city like that i think that the nil options are probably not even the nil options just just the attention on the program gets it it, it wanes so fast if yeah. you're not like on field success i think miami fans probably usc fans are probably cut from the same cloth, you know, there's, it's fun to root for a winner, probably a little bit front running, like, like, uh, most nice weather location fans are. Sure. Uh, it's fun to show up to the game when the weather's nice and your team is awesome. And it's fun to not do that when you can do other things and they suck. And, you know, you're going to have 35,000 people there on a Friday night watching a football game. That's, that's not great. So, um, yeah, so I, I would, I'd be interested to see what USC ends up doing 
just because they're fascinating to me because I, I feel like they definitely overvalue themselves a little bit and always oh, yes. want to have like like they think they're going to hire like Mike Tomlin to be their coach and it's like come on like I don't think you're going to do that Urban Meyer is not going to be the coach there either like I I don't I just would uh so then I wonder who's like who's a name that's splashy enough that's not in a situation that he would you know need to stay at Jeff Fisher See, there we go. That's what <laughs> sure. He's he's he is at 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 twitter.com posting decommitment letters right yeah. now. Um just FYI. Uh, <laughs> I love Michael Sam. Just want to get that on the record. <laughs> I just want to tweet for the first time and Lord knows. Like all that guy had to do was just stay shut up and keep fly fishing. And, and he chose like, no, I must I must tweet. I must stand. I must stand for my. I must Sam. log on and tweet. <laughs> so anyhow, all right, let's get moving into some games for this weekend. Uh, I just wanted to throw this on there for old time's sakes. Clemson is at Syracuse. Uh, they are, you know, Syracuse. I almost chose this game for the list. <laughs> a slightly improved defense at Syracuse. A home game in the Carrier Dome. Uh, you never know. Clemson I think the line's still like fourteen or more, though. Okay. That that makes sense to me. For, that sounds about right. Two, Might also be worth a sprinkle, though. Two solid. I mean, listen, Clemson still has not demonstrated that they can move the ball very well, and Syracuse plays okay defense. I just, I worried that this is like a a Georgia situation in which they're just going to overpower Syracuse, and you know, Syracuse be, might also be, not be able to score either. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or you know, be comfortably up by you know seventeen, and it feels like a blowout, but it's really only like barely a two score game. Um, UCF plays Cincinnati. Uh, I think Cincinnati is uh, UCF. I mean, is rolling out their space jerseys for this game. Oh, I don't know if you caught a glimpse of them. They're very nice. They look great. Um, gives us an opportunity to reference the greatest tweet of all time, which Stephen Godfrey referred to UCF as a finishing school for Hilton night managers. And I, I thought that was the funniest thing of all time. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, I love a good school slander. This Absolutely. game, especially this game, when it's in your neck of the woods, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, this game would have been a lot sexier if UCF wasn't so banged up um, and just kind of struggling a little bit. Not not struggling, just not really ranked. This would have been a great opportunity for Cincinnati to get another like you know solid win on their resume. Yeah. I think it still counts because people notice UCF, but uh, this not not super thrilled about this. But I'll check in. Yeah, it's something to watch. But, yeah, like you said, Cincinnati, uh, depending on the line, maybe maybe take Cincinnati just out of the principle that, like, they're going to need style points coming down the right. home stretch here because they're not going to have um, yeah. opportunities for, like, Notre Dame-level wins to impress the committee. Um, right. So they might just be relying on sheer uh, – bells and whistles at this force point. of force of will um brute strength <laughs> desmond ritter something says brute strength like the way desmond ritter throws a football the, the skinny desmond ritter, the rail thin desmond ritter right. uh shout out to our He's guy wiry. <laughs> all right alabama goes on the road to mississippi state uh mississippi state already has a transitive win over alabama this year so they're looking to get a real win over alabama but um I, you got to think Alabama doesn't lose two games in a row. You got to think they bounce back here. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's worth just keeping an eye on this just to see if Mississippi State is able to 
be annoying in this game because I could I could see like a, a just a, a Nick Saban meltdown at about like one and a half quarters into this game if it's like 17-14 Mississippi State and they've had the ball way too long and have completed you know 40 passes already in the game and it's just just very annoying but Alabama's had great success great success against Mississippi State um, since Leach has been there but uh, I think Mississippi State is quietly getting better but they're just like like the 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 um, air raid offense just isn't new anymore, you know. So it's just like Correct. I don't I don't think none of us are like see an air raid team and are like, oh my god, have you seen how they play? Like, uh, I mean, we also watch UVA every week, which is like very much employs air raid concepts like a lot. But uh, I think a lot of teams sort of borrow from air raid now. Um, but shout out to Mike Leach for still going out and running pure uncut air raid. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so the, and Mississippi State's coming off a bye as well. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, listen, Alabama's linebackers are weak. That is a weak point on their defense. And Mississippi State puts you in a lot of binds with like just wide open guys in the middle of the field. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can, um, we'll see if they can. <laughs> that's what I'm just saying, like annoy Alabama. I would love yeah. that. I, uh, I'm seeing that Mississippi State averages, uh, a whopping 56 yards per game rushing. Love that. So they are committed to a balance. What's their yards per carry? Like how, uh, on how many attempts not, is that? Not seeing that. Gotcha. Off, off the rip. I was just wondering how many like attempts they average. I mean, if it's 50, to me that seems high, given they probably average four and a half, five yards a carry. That's 10, 10 rushing attempts a game. I mean, that's two per quarter. They probably run it, run a little more than that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, keep it moving here. Duke is at UVA, the Nerd Bowl. Jordan, you got any thoughts on this? Duke is not great this year. They're not. Neither, neither is UVA, but they UVA should win this game. They should be a big favorite. Uh, yeah, I think last I saw UVA is favored by eleven. Um, I I fully expect it to be more stressful than necessary. Also, yeah. big potential for just a trap. Like UVA, <laughs> I've been saying it. Pretty fool's goldie to have won your last oh, two no, games. They, um, they they got a loss in them. They they got a loss in yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> feels feels like they're overdue. Might might just be time to to color up and and leave the table for a little bit. Um, but Bronco has had Duke's number since he's he's been at Virginia. It's the only ACC opponent he has not lost to to this point. Um, even that two and ten inaugural Mendenhall season, he beat Duke. So. Uh, I expect Virginia to win, but I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Uh, all right. Ole Miss is at Tennessee. I'll check in on this one, too. Both these teams have crossed the threshold into being, uh, well, Ole Miss is like the most watchable team in the country, arguably. But Tennessee has uh, taken some strides the past couple weeks on, on the shoulders of one Hendon Hooker uh to friend of the program know, friend of the program Hendon hooker um yeah they've they've looked good they're doing they're doing like the old uh like the ucf stuff they're getting guys wide open they're doing some tempo keeping you off balance hitting you with like a weird like delay draw play that just randomly goes for a touchdown because you're you know staring at the sideline trying to get signals that are um I hate that they do like the half field read stuff where they have receivers that don't even like run patterns sometimes like that just for whatever reason annoys me, but you know, I can't, I can't really. Is that not it. playing the game the right way, Logan? 
I mean, it's it's not that. It just seems like it's it's so gimmicky, like some of some of the stuff that they do. But it's fine. It works. Shout out to Art Bryles, you know. <laughs> love, Still out here getting it done. Love a good Art Bryles coaching tree reference. So, uh, did you see Tennessee's unis they were wearing last week? Were, were they wearing the like grays? The smoke grays. Yeah, they were like the smoke grays, but they had the white helmets still. Oh. It looked bad. It didn't. Yeah. It like it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't think I've seen an iteration of those like charcoal color that seem really good for Tennessee or in general for Tennessee. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they try to get a little too cutesy with like including the orange, and it's like just abandon the orange for one game. It's fine. Yeah, um, but I don't think that would work. Like. I think the orange is so central to, to well, their sure. brand. But I think the orange is what throws off the charcoal. Is what I I'm agree. Saying. So I think yeah. you got to yeah. just give up <laughs> just, charcoal. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Is what I'm it's getting. kind of like Florida fans routinely want black jer- like a black jersey for Florida. And oh. I actually don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, like, I think black jerseys look good, but I think Florida's colors, like it looks too Halloweenish if you start getting black and orange and black and orange and blue. Um, you'd have to abandon the orange, and then if you went black and blue, like maybe maybe you could work out. But then you just look like Boise State. Yeah, like Listen, when, as so. as someone who has had to suffer through Virginia fans calling for black uniforms, <laughs> like they're they're a a small portion of the fan base. I feel, but man, can they get loud sometimes? Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, it's it's especially when your blue is a navy blue. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, I I I just think I think Florida has a deep enough roster of like cool and interesting like throwbacks to wear right. that they should just stick it stick it there. And then maybe let's leave the gator skin stuff at home. Let's leave the you know. Even though I will I will semi defend the gator skin because I thought that was kind of interesting. That was at least not just like. That was like so gimmicky. I was into it. It was very brave. <laughs> it was like super it wasn't brave. just like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna throw you guys in a line of like, like oh, what six or seven other schools are doing. We're gonna like put yeah. you in a black jersey or an off white jersey. No, we're gonna we're gonna get really weird and make a courageous decision. And it was like it was it like didn't true, work. It's fine. truly the color of an alligator too, which is like not actually green, but like. Uh, like a dark navy green oil color kind of situation. Yeah. They were just, it was. <laughs> well, it doesn't look good when, when you get it sweated on either. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if you've ever seen a gator roll up on you on the banks, but uh, anyhow. All right. Well, <laughs> that's that's good enough. Old Miss Tennessee should be fun. Uh, both these teams are aggressive on offense, and uh, both of them have demonstrated a willingness to give up points in bunches. And that's really all you can ask for in a, in a meaningless SEC game. <laughs> so, right. Play this right. song. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and then Miami's at North Carolina. Just putting this on there for tracking purposes, mostly coaching carousel implications. Yeah. How, speaking of coaching implications, how long does Mac Brown have? That's a good, that's a good question, before too. Before he uh, just wants to ride off and start throwing the Alabama rig on saturdays he, he did a masterful job of blaming the media for overhyping north carolina <laughs> this this week uh he's like well you know the media had us all talked up and uh you know we're not as good as uh as they thought we were so shame on the media it's like what what <laughs> what what kind of weird like just boss move is this that you're you know blaming the media for you being objectively 
underperforming, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would think he can't have... I mean, Sam Howell's not coming back next year, right? Does he really want to go through the process of breaking in another quarterback? And do they have a waiting-in-the-wings kid ready to go? Uh, I don't know who's backing Sam Howell up. I, if I were still... Sam Howell, I would leave and not look back. Again, I think we've mentioned previously yeah. this quarterback class, not the strongest, so you get a chance to come out as the cream of the crop, which right. is helpful for for the bank account. Um, but yeah, like Mac Brown's 70, and when you've had a taste of, again, I keep coming back to like, if you've had a taste of the TV analyst getting paid yeah. for that lifestyle, like coaching has got to seem like such a bummer the <laughs> yeah, amount I mean, of work that you. requires compared to your tv job yeah like ESPN oh, yeah. would hire mac brown back tomorrow oh for sure yeah no these guys are psychos it's really the main takeaway here like yeah. they're gluttons for punishment and they can't quit this like like i don't know I think the most classic example is like Stan Van Gundy. He's a good friend of the Dan Levitard show. And when he's not coaching NBA, he comes on, he's effervescent, he's bubbly, he's on his pontoon boat, he's talking about politics. He's just, you know, he's just doing all of, he's getting, you know, you can tell his interests are varied. He's into right. all his of his horizons things. are broad. Yes, exactly. And then when he's coaching, like they get him on and it is like, you, he seems clinically depressed. Like these so miserable. And I think he was like to an extent, especially with the Pelicans. But like, sure. I mean, I don't know. This guy's like not the worst NBA coach in the world. Uh, probably the game has passed him by a little bit at this point. Like maybe, maybe Stan Van Gunny doesn't need to be getting any more jobs, but like still uh, just the damage that it does like to their personalities and who it's they psyche. are. And yeah. yeah, it seems it's like, it's so jarring. So Anyhow, it, I'm, the long story short here is that it, it can't be that much fun for 70-year-old Mac Brown. Unless he's got absolute jack doodly going on outside of work. But, I mean, come on, dude. You've probably made $57, 80000000 dollars in your coaching career. Just well, Yeah, and I think, I think the sense from some people when they made that hire was like, okay, Mac's going to be here for a couple years. He's going right. like to re-spark re the interest amongst the Carolina fan base and he's going to get fundraising back up and he's going to be right. like a public face for the donors. And he seems to have done all that. Um, but <laughs> to my knowledge, they don't have like a, an associate coach, head coach in waiting type deal where there's a clear successor of like, okay, we've got our guy lined up like Mac. We'll, yeah. we'll take it from here. You go have fun in the booth again. And, uh, I mean, you think cool. Phil Longo is Phil Longo, the head coach in waiting in North Carolina? Oh boy, Dre Bly. Dre Bly, wow, there's a throwback. Yeah, let's see if UNC has a head coach in waiting. They could get Larry Fedora back for cheap, I bet. Oh God, you, yeah, you'd know that. Is he in the Alabama rehab program for coaches? I think he was at Texas last I saw, but in a similar rehab position. Hmm. Larry Fedora was he on Baylor's staff now? No, he was released by Baylor December of 2020. 
Hmm. So he might just be off the game completely. Just just hitting the peck deck like four times a week. Just yeah, getting, getting super tan. Mega tan inject. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, North Carolina is an interesting one because that job could – I don't know if, like, how open that job is if they have a, a succession plan. But, I mean, it's North Carolina. They can't – it's North Carolina football. It's not like it's that much of a blue blood that they like, need to have that much of a plan. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes on Miami, North Carolina, just because I think that has high potential for bloodshed across uh, across coaching staffs could be and, some casualties. And, and rosters. So, and I mean, if Miami loses bad and Miami and Manny gets fired, doesn't get to take the team ride home, like you could have all time levels of quit on the teamness going on there. I don't oh, know for whatever reason the the vibes I get there are not you know necessarily team first vibes. That's fair. But shout out to Tyler Van Dyke or whatever his name is, the quarterback. Oops. Yeah, he he's got some spunk. He's engaged. Yeah, he can spin it. Yeah. All right. If if you give him seven seconds back there and only rush three and drop eight, he can spin it. <laughs> He'll find a guy open eventually. Yeah, I'm not Stats, statistics will show you that a man will be open enough to catch a pass sooner or later. All right, let's go to picks. Uh, Jordan, tell us. Let's recap. Where where does everybody sit in the landscape after a couple of uh, losing weeks in a row? For well, for for me. I mean, we yeah we've we've fallen upon some rockier times than maybe the the first quartile of the season. Um, Logan, you remain in first place at 17, 13, and 0. Okay. Jason is in, at second, 15, 15, and 0. And I am one game under 500, bringing up the rear, but ready to make a charge here in the back half. All right. So, uh, yeah. This week, five games. You guessed it, against the spread. We are going to start with... Another Texas game at noon. This one features the other school from Oklahoma. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are coming to Texas to take on the Longhorns. Noon o'clock, big noon Sunday, Saturday, whatever whatever you want to call it. Texas is favored by five. Jason has done the honorable thing, stuck to his brand, and chosen the Longhorns. Um... I am also going to take Texas here. I liked what I saw from them uh, offensively last week against Oklahoma. I know that uh, Oklahoma State's defense has has been better to this point. This year seems to be a stronger unit than maybe some years in the past. Uh, Oklahoma State has only played one road game this season, though. And that was not a a big time opponent, so I think this is their like their first chance to take true this show true road on a true road environment. Um, and I also think like Texas played Spencer Rattler pretty well. I still have concerns about Spencer Sanders and his ability to win. Never a game. trust the Spencer. I've always said this. Yeah. So I like. I think Texas's issues last week were when the backup came in and they didn't really have a great plan for that. Um, I think they're going to have a decent plan defensively for young Mr. Sanders. So I like Texas to win by a tud here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I'll make it a clean sweep and go with Texas. Bijan Robinson's been great uh, putting up Heisman-worthy numbers. Uh, to this point, I think they'll continue to lean on him. And, and like I said, I think things went south last week for Texas when 
the quarterback run element was introduced to the game and they weren't necessarily prepared for that dose of uh, action that they got from Caleb Williams. I don't think Spencer Sanders is uh, the dual threat that Caleb Williams is. So I uh, I think Texas should have a, a little bit more straightforward of an approach uh, defending Oklahoma State. And their, Oklahoma State's offense hasn't been like, dyna- that dynamic this uh, uh, really in the past couple of years, given kind of what Gundy came up doing. So uh, I'll take Texas. I like them. All right. Uh, game number two, we've got the aforementioned Florida Gators at LSU Tigers. Also a nooner. Florida is favored by 10 and a half in this game. Um, I am going to go ahead and take Florida. I think like we've talked about the potential apathy that exists in the LSU program right now, kind of the uncertainty about uh, coaching futures and things of that nature can play into it. Um, They also just like haven't looked consistently good um, this year. And I don't think like you can just flip a switch and decide like, okay, I'm going to get up and get engaged and we're going to get, stuff figured out against an opponent as good as florida is um the the depth issues in the secondary also give me concern for lsu uh i think mullen will certainly know how he wants to attack that and put pressure on those pressure points um so i like florida here yeah i think i like florida uh, as well so i mean we're gonna we're all gonna be living and dying together this week it appears but um for different reasons uh lsu got absolutely creased up last week against kentucky with like a you know n- not a, a groundbreaking you know approach to running the football and uh mullen has designed a really nice run game this year emory jones has been running the ball well i think florida's gonna be able to get a lot of yards on the ground against lsu in this game and then you know i think that could then trickle into maybe being able to hit some pass plays over the top against inexperienced um, corners and stuff uh, for LSU. LSU is always going to be talented. They are talented. um, And I think their defensive line could present some problems, but uh, Florida's done a nice job this year of being able to run the ball on everyone they've played, uh, Kentucky included. So I think, yeah. And Florida's defense quietly has had a good year. Uh, they definitely get do the bend but don't break thing a lot, which uh, is one way to do it and is maybe frustrating if you're a fan to give up, like, yards. But I'd rather give up yards than points, and Florida's defense hasn't given up a ton of points, and it seems like they definitely tighten down, um, especially in the second halves of games. But it's almost like they want to kind of bait your offense into getting a little rhythm so that they can uh, – I don't know, throw some wrenches in. Um, last week, uh, I don't know if you remember, Jordan, that game against Alabama, there was a there was a play where they ran like a zone blitz and Brenton Cox, the defensive end, dropped into the zone and Bryce Young hit him right in the number one yeah. pass and he didn't catch it. Last week, Florida had a defensive tackle make an interception because that same thing happened. And hmm. so I like those little, um, I mean, those are like, NFL type like that's like Dick LeBeau Pittsburgh Steelers type uh you know zone blitz scheme stuff that Florida runs a little bit that I I think is kind of cool but you have to set that stuff up and yeah. 
I don't know if it's worth sacrificing and the like groundwork for yeah, setting it up. For setting that up is can be can be a lot. And then you actually have to hit on it when it when it happens. But um yeah, I, I mean I, I would say it would appear that Florida still plays a little soft in coverage on the on the corners, but uh, that does tend to tighten up a little bit in the towards the red zone, and uh, yeah, they don't they don't give up a ton of points, and the defense has quietly been solid this year, and I think a lot of that has been due to uh, the secondary coach situation. It seems like the secondary is communicating a lot better and getting into position correctly. So, still got to make the tackles, but I think I think Florida should take care of business in this game. It would be very very much in Florida's uh, uh, favor to take care of business strongly in this game. I would say bigly, bigly yeah. heading into a bye week with Georgia in two weeks. It could yeah. be a really long two weeks if Florida manages to get this up this is, and then lose to get, get just throttled by Georgia. Well, so. well, well. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of Georgia, well, uh, oh, which should also be mentioned, mentioned that Jason also selected the Gators. So we are two for two in consensus picks so far on the board i'm sure that means nothing but good things ahead on saturday um but yes speaking of georgia we will go between the hedges for nearly a top 10 matchup in the sec kentucky is ranked 11th coming into this one kentucky at georgia georgia is favored by 21 and a half i believe the early line we mentioned on sunday was 22 and a half so it has come down just a shade um but you, you still need a, a four-score win to cover this, which is an interesting proposition. And, uh, Logan, you get to go first. Here. Man, I did a lot of grandstanding on the pod about how I was not going to take uh, Georgia to not cover anymore. You did. I'll, yeah, I'll take Georgia to, to cover here. Um, like you said, a lot of scores. You know, you're, you only need three big scores if you think about it. Two point conversions factored in. You could yeah. you could make it. Yeah, that's Kirby um, Smart's brand of football. It's just like <laughs> two point conversions in the second quarter. I just think that I don't think Kentucky is going to be able to score um on on Georgia. Now I could this game could be fourteen to nothing Georgia and Kentucky never has a chance and this game is over in in a tight hour and twenty five minutes of, of real time and they get in and, and get out. Uh I could I could see Kentucky and Georgia trying to play like just a, just the, the fugliest possible football game. Um, but I don't think Kentucky is good enough to impose their will on Georgia. And I think Georgia is definitely good enough to impose the game they want to play on Kentucky. Um, and I don't know, Georgia has been a little, a little spunky hitting some, hitting some plays. They've been scoring in some non offensive ways too, that seems to buy them doing the thing that the saving teams used to do. Like, buy you a touchdown by blocking a punt or getting a pick six, things like that. So uh, I'll take Georgia to kind of run away and hide in this game. I think that they could slow Kentucky and cover. Yeah. Uh, Jason has also selected Georgia and I am also going to select ah. Georgia. So super uh, exciting. Yeah. Real, real big uh, diversity here on the board so far. Um Logan, like you said, I have concerns about whether or not Kentucky will be able to score at all. Um, I also think Stetson Bennett might be feeling himself a little bit and gaining some confidence. <laughs> and true. if they just don't make him throw it more than 40 yards down the field, he can make the throws. 
un- underneath. He's got a real connection going with Lad McConkey. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, the Bennett McConkey connection is is not to be. Have you seen the, the pictures, like the head, just the headshots of Bennett, uh, Stetson Bennett and Lad McConkey? I think together? I've just seen Lads. So haven't it's, haven't it's checked got, in on it's got big time like future hedge fund uh bro energy which oh, i like yeah. prepping a lot of slide decks at his internship <laughs> yeah. combing the deck <clears throat> yeah i don't i don't plan on this game being particularly fun but georgia seems willing to beat teams up this year too whereas like the past couple of years they were usually good for an inexplicable stinker i just don't i don't know where that one is coming and i'm hoping it comes against florida in two weeks but yeah yeah no i i guess that's the like potential trap right you you could get if you're looking for a kentucky cover is georgia is kind of already thinking about florida a little bit but uh i think it helps that kentucky is having the season that they're having coming in so Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be a a sneak up and get you situation so yeah i just think that like the what kentucky does is basically diet georgia so I don't see how Georgia is. But they, yeah, they they don't have the horses to yes, do it well yes, against yeah, Georgia. Exactly, and they don't, and they certainly don't have like the dynamic, like just game winning quarterback uh, that uh, that I'm aware of. Levis has been pretty good, but I don't think he's going to be rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, you know, juking guys out like he was last week against Kentucky. I mean, against LSU. Yeah. All right. Uh, game number four. We've got. A matchup in the ACC Coastal featuring mm. currently the top two teams in the Coastal standings. This is another uh, Big East throwback matchup. We, Virginia Tech's had a couple of those this year. Um, we've got Pitt at Virginia Tech, 3.30 p.m. Um, the Pitt Panthers, road favorites by four and a half points. Jason led us off and chose Pitt. And I, I'm i also going to take Pitt here. Um, Kenny Pickett is, is throwing the rock. And while I think uh, Virginia Tech is going to be able to maybe slow that down a bit, I have concerns about Virginia Tech's ability. Sim- maybe similar concerns to the Kentucky versus Georgia, uh, will Kentucky score? I, I don't know how effective Virginia Tech's D, uh, offense is going to be against Pitt's D. Uh, I think Virginia Tech may have some health issues at the quarterback position right now, uh, rotating guys in and out. And even when Burmeister, the starter, is in there, uh, the throwing attack is not necessarily super dangerous. Uh, so You're telling me the Burmeister quarterback experience is not, uh, it's, it's yeah, not they, echoing. It's not bringing back the days of Brian Byron Randall or Brian Randall or whatever his name was. Yeah. It's not awakening the echoes of Sean Glennon spinning Ooh. the rock. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take Pitt. I do think this is one that like Virginia tech will keep close for a quarter and a half. Um, but eventually I think just the offense is going to keep sputtering and sputtering and yeah uh, kind of emotional like hangover potentially after losing the way they lost to Notre Dame in the closing seconds last week as well hmm yeah 
I think I'm gonna I'm gonna break the trend here. I'll take Virginia Tech VPI in this game at home. Like you said, uh, you know, hopefully a bounce back game after a tough loss against Notre Dame last week. I think Pitt is is fine, but anytime that we start to get a little too cozy with Pitt feeling themselves, um, I think bad things happen. Pitt is more is most dangerous when they're unranked and have no expectations and. Pit with expectations is is not the pit that I want to uh, hitch my wagon to. So I mean, they've, they've scored forty points every week. This yeah, they've so scored far. they've scored a lot of points, um, but four and a half points. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, do you think Pitt is like way better than Notre Dame? No, but I think they're Notre Dame ish. Yeah, I agree. More, they're also more like. So that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm. I'm benchmarking off of. If they're Notre Dame ish, which I think they are, then uh, I think at home Virginia Tech as a four and a half point dog is 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 solid money. So I'll take yeah. I'll, I'll take VPI. Yeah. I, I think Pitt though is in a more comfortable identity situation than that's like, probably than true. Notre Dame is this year, just given trends of of seasonal and program direction. But um, there, there's no real way to measure that. So, right. This is all. This is all hearsay. <laughs> People are saying. Yeah. At least one person is saying. Okay. Uh, final game of the evening. We've got TCU at Oklahoma. This is a 7:30 p.m. kick on ABC. And I get to. Le- oh, Oklahoma is favored by 13 and a half. Uh, we had. Interesting reports coming out of uh, Oklahoma's student newspaper where a reporter watched practice from an undisclosed location that was public. Uh, He allegedly used binoculars, which shout out to that guy. Yes. Respected so hard. Uh, Reported that uh, the, uh, the backup, not Spencer Rattler, what's his name? I'm forgetting. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. That's his name. Uh, was getting the majority of first-team snaps. He then went and got some quotes from Mr. Rattler's father and uh, put together a real real day for the timeline to, to just kind of have fun with. Uh, so yeah. that was nice. I uh, saw some troubling screenshots, too, that seemed to indicate that Spencer Rattler's name could not be found in the University of Oklahoma like student registry anymore. Yeah. So, so you never you never know what's actually happening or what's, you know, fake but uh that was an interesting you know yeah interesting interesting to keep an eye on um but yeah i'll ride the hot hand with caleb williams uh i'll go oklahoma as long like what i worry about here is that because i like that patterson's not going to have a lot of williams film to really prepare for it seems like he's got a good handle on what they want to do offensively for a backup at least this early in his career. Um, and he brings running element to the table that Spencer Rattler does not. My only concern here is that Lincoln Riley potentially gets caught in the like, well, we're up by two scores and we can kind of rotate Rattler and Williams back and forth. Oh, and yeah. guy gets a rhythm and it ends up being like a 10-point win. So yeah, that's, that's a concern I have, but I will move forward despite it and take the Sooners. Yeah, I, I share that concern a little bit, but I just don't think TCU is good enough to stick with Oklahoma. Their defense has not really been a, 
TCU is a team we've talked about maybe before, and like maybe maybe they won't fire the coach, but maybe it's time for the coach to move on. I think Duke is also in this category. Mm-hmm. North Carolina might be encroaching upon this category, uh, where it's like, all right, yeah, we got some old guys and Gary Patterson, like you saw TCU through Conference USA and and up through you know. Thanks for everything, pal. Yeah, thank, thanks for everything. You're in the, we're a Big Twelve team now, but it might be time to do something a little different. And like his calling card was always. DBs and defense, and that has not been the case. Their offense has been a little bit improved this year, but um, I, yeah, I just don't see them sticking with Oklahoma, who now I think is probably going to be feeling a little bit of shot in the arm. Uh, and you know, they're still undefeated, and they still have everything to play for. So let's, yeah. uh, you know, they they they're going to probably want to pour it on and practice as much as they can against live bullets. So I'll take Oklahoma. And they're coming off an emotional boost of a win on Saturday. True. They're, yeah. they're not going to be hungover. So. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, so uh, not a lot of – Jason also took Oklahoma here, so not a lot of potential for distance creation in terms right. of the standings. Go Hokies, am I right? <laughs> but, boy, could, could we, could see we all a lot of color. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. This could go a lot of different ways. Hey, listen, you got to make the picks. You got to make the picks the way in which you see them falling. So. Scared scared money makes no money. I'm feeling, at says. worst, a 4 and one week for, for for the squad. So Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll scrub that from the internet if we need to sometime <laughs> at, Saturday At afternoon. worst. <laughs> when Pitt has scored their 97th point in the game, and I'm like, wow, man, yeah, really thought You're that they were if, if Notre the, Dame-ish, huh? Notre Dame-ish, huh? That's what I was if going If the Lane with. Stadium That's... scoreboard goes to triple digits. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay well uh you know not a thrilling game not a thrilling weekend of games but sometimes these not thrilling weekends uh turn out to be the best so yeah yeah we'll i think there's uh, a, a, some weird chaos in there yeah i mean like purdue is at iowa i was kirk ferentz has been getting really chesty in the media recently not yeah, sure for a guy that, that is rolling out spencer petros's carcass to play quarterback every week i cannot believe I mean, Iowa as the number two team in the country. I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I can't. I'm glad can't he's enjoying that. this time in the spotlight, but yeah. man, I can't wait till they play Georgia in the playoff semifinal and just well, get absolutely. That's funny because they're going to get housed by Ohio State in the Big 10 championship game. And... Well, you never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively certain. <laughs> 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 but them getting pressure cooked by Georgia would be just insane too but uh just imagine georgia just running like straight power and just going just gashing the whole time you know you know because like maybe throwing in a few unnecessary punts there too just to like oh yeah hey kirk you like this you like the way we're winning here buddy (laughs) buddy boy we let sess and bennett punt it uh yeah yeah i uh i don't know I don't know what to think about Iowa because it's like, you know, their defense is clearly very good and they play a uh, a brand of football that is, you know, to date winning football. I think they got lucky last week that Penn State's quarterback got hurt I extremely. Um, rewarding them, you know, you got to reward them for playing the game, but you, you know, I don't really think either Penn State or Iowa is really like a top five team for yeah. sure. But we'll yeah, see those goes. rankings are definitely uh reactive to what has happened and they are yes. not projections right so we'll work it out anyhow okay well i think that's all we got 
you know, we we miss we miss the heart and soul of the podcast, Jason. Uh, but yeah. we're gonna soldier on without him. Our research we'll wasn't quite as fast as it was in in previous episodes. So we do <laughs> apologize for some of the fact finding delays. <laughs> right, the click, the, the 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 quick fingers, the quick, real thin fingers of Jason Crick are just tickling the ivory. They're more uh, aerodynamic. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyhow, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the weekend. You can find us on the internet at the Wheel Route on Twitter. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. and you can go to thewheelroute.com where you can stream the show. It's the website. You can stream the shows there, and you can also see the pick spreadsheet there. So you can make sure you know uh, what to benchmark your your gains off of. So enjoy it. We love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Hoos.